maybe we could consider this um, community outreach. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, like trying trying to get the word out about the show, get you know people to to hear about us, and uh, you know get the word out on social media. The ads didn't really do much, and uh, you know I don't really want to pay Elon Musk now. Or I don't what know, about I guess what about Tumblr or Blaze? Uh, I still got I still got to set up a. <laughs> A Tumblr page for the for the show. I have to do that. Um, actually, my sister just said that she's now like cleaning out her old Tumblr. I have to ask if she's like cleaning it out to clean it out or like to use it. Um, I forgot to ask. Uh, but anyway, so so you know, I figured maybe some you know some outreach, try to try to spread the word. Um, and so I was getting into it with some Rangers fans. Oh no. Yeah, yeah. And this one, this one fucking uh jagoff uh. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know like this this one guy um i started mixing it up with uh i i quickly uh realized he was also a QAnon nutcase mm-hmm. um <laughs> and so i figured i figured me just like saying some shit at him and maybe they'd respond and that would be the end of it um is this using like the um podcasts a twitter account or something like no this is mine this is mine okay Uh, yeah the podcast doesn't currently have a twitter account this is what i did this is my my account that i use for everything all (laughs) right to to promote everything this is very professional it's it's, how would i know if this show has a twitter account or not (laughs) the old one did uh and it didn't really make that much of a difference um, but anyway, um, so, cause, cause the, the Ranger fans, they were coming over to like Penguins accounts, like, like, you know, like the official accounts and like Penguins writers. And I was just like, ah, this fucking, this is fucking. How annoying. do you come away from that series as a fan of the Rangers and like brag about it? You should just this be was, happy to have escaped the heist that was that series. This was before it was even over. Oh, before this, it was over. Wow. Yeah. This is like, so, so I figured this, this would have been, uh, you know, whatever. This dude drags this out for like a fucking week. Okay. Um. Anyway, and since he puts his full name on his Twitter, I'm just going to use his fucking full name. Uh, so this is Vito Michelli. Uh, <laughs> and, and so he 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 said something to a Penguins account. He said uh, he said go Eagles, and I was like, what the fuck? That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard to say to a, a Penguins account. Mostly because uh, the Steelers and Eagles are not even rivals because they're not even no. in the same uh, conference, let alone wrong division. sport too. But yeah, so I said, so I said wrong sport, you Q nut job, <laughs> and and uh, very eloquently they said uh, was a joke, you sherm clown. Like I don't know football from hockey. You just mad you lost. And they said that three days later. Wait, what is a sherm clown? I don't know. I'd look that up on Urban Dictionary. It's apparently some kind of South Florida slang for a weirdo. This person's all over the place. Yeah. And so I look at their profile um, uh, and they are apparently from Florida. Oh, okay. Um, And and so so, uh, three days later, they came back with that. Uh, Meanwhile, I said that during uh, a game that the Penguins won. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, they had to explain their um, very clever joke of go Eagles. It's a very good joke. And so then I said, took you days to explain that incompetence is a joke. And I said, don't quit your day job, Guido. Now, (laughs) I was just I was just really mad because I was like, that clearly is not a joke. That clearly was not a joke. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There's no there's nothing even remotely jokey there. Uh, no, I thought that'd be the end of it, right? Like, like clearly, uh... Well, I feel like you have to wait at least three days to see if that's the end of it. Uh, apparently, because he came back another couple days later. (laughs) Okay. Uh, and here is where I get some mixed messages. Here is where I don't know, uh, what this guy's fucking deal is. Mm Mm-hmm. Because then he says, uh, why are you so mad? I don't know you or give a shit what you have to say about me. The fact you responded is sad. Please move on. Uh. Oh, they're trying to play the I don't care card. Uh Uh-huh. Which is weird because, uh, it was at this point that he follows me. (laughs) Okay. So he must like the tweets. He must like the tweets. The tweets, the the tweets must be pretty good. He likes the content. Mm -hmm. So then he starts, uh, he starts, I guess, looking at my profile after he follows me. Right. Mm -hmm. To try to like, oh, see what he can make fun of or whatever. But he's not very good at it (laughs) at all (laughs) because he he looks at my uh, review that I posted for the Razer Blade laptop, 
uh, and he takes a screenshot of it. And he might actually be doing a better job of promoing than I do of myself. Sure. Because he says, now this is some review, amazing work. Oh, that's nice. That's, a, that's nice. And so, and I think he quickly realized that that wasn't like, he wasn't showing his sarcasm enough. No, it just sounds like a really because, nice comment. Because that sounds too genuine. Mm-hmm. And so then he uh, looks at uh, the most recent um, podcast post, which at that time was the plant mom. And then he says, this is something else. I know I I know have to set it set it for next podcast on my list. I thought at Joe Rogan was good. You how do you not have more followers? I listened to it. It's amazing. Wow. I, I That's awesome to hear. Uh-huh. And we're getting uh, compared to Joe Rogan. That means we've made it. Yeah. Or, you know, we're high on hallucinogens. Um. <laughs> And and he's still following me. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's been it. I didn't respond because I was just like I was I was that confused by the turn of events that happened. So um, you know, enemies to friends, friends to lovers. I don't know what's next for me and uh, Vito the Guido. Um, <laughs> anything can happen. Um, but that's that's what's been going on with my community outreach efforts. That's uh, terrific. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I personally would never interact with anyone on Twitter, but, you know, sometimes good things come out of it. When I get angry enough, I just start, like, chirping at people. Yeah, it's just not not the place to do that. No, it's not. And the th- problem is, is that the fucking platform is set up in, like, to antagonize that shit. Uh-huh. Uh, and, yeah, my better judgment, you know, does not prevail, and it happens. But, uh, so, Yeah. <laughs> That's what I've been up to. <laughs> I mean, I'd I'd love to hear more feedback. If if um, what's his name, Vito? You said, yeah. If Vito is listening to this, feel free. Um, yeah, to, maybe to maybe. write in. Uh huh. With some thoughts. Um, something tells me he he didn't he didn't listen. Uh, because the tweets the tweets at that point were coming in quite quickly. Um. I don't know. Something tells me. Well, it's next on the list, right? It it is next on his list. It is next on his list. We're we're queued um, up. Yeah, he knows all about Q. Let me tell you. <laughs> um. So anyway, this is Dead and Roadshows episode fifty five. Uh, season two. Still don't know what that means. Uh, <laughs> we're trucking along. Um, it's been a while, and I figured, um, while I'm in the depths of this, uh, you know, sort of springtime depression where I'm fighting with strangers on the internet. Uh, it would be a good time for a little um, mountains of madness here. Oh, so you're just going to go straight to alienating any listeners we have? Oh, completely. Oh, completely. Okay. Oh, completely. Yeah. Um, it was either that or I go into Moogle, so I don't know which one would um, do it. I even, time. in the past, I've even checked out sometimes during this segment, and I'm like, I'm part <laughs> of the show. So. <laughs> um, so I, I'm I'm doing my thing, you know, I'm doing my thing online where uh, I, I start looking up some shit. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, uh, let me ask you this. You know about tulpas? Um, no, I saw you put this in the show notes and there's some words here and I recognize about half of them. So, OK, OK. And that's not one of them. Yeah. Yeah. One of them is a uh, conjunction. So um, <laughs> I think you got that one in the bag. Um, so I was, I was doing my whole thing, uh, looking up some, uh, uh, how do I, uh, mystical concepts, I suppose. Um, and I don't start off with like necessarily looking things up for a purpose. Sometimes it's just something I'm curious about, but then I, I realize that it's part of a, a greater whole that I am not only, uh, deeply interested in but uh, also serves a a a greater purpose for um the things that i'm working on and uh this is another one of those cases and so so, do you just like start out by like googling mystical concepts like how does this begin uh sometimes well sometimes i was like it's like oh you know i want to know more about tulpas you know and so then i just started started looking at tulpas Actually, uh, this time I wanted to look at uh, like uh, derealization sort of things. I think you're going to so, be giving Vito some ammunition here. Um, yeah, I'm going to be giving Dale some ammunition. Okay. I, I think I think we're gaining enemies at a rapid pace. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Real or made up. Yes. OK, so here's. All right. So let's let's get into this then. Uh-huh. Um, so maybe maybe you might remember from uh, Twin Peaks, The Return. Um some of these uh some of these concepts um 
so uh tulpas are like um objects that are created through uh spiritual or mental powers uh -huh. um and this is like sort of related to the idea of the thought form which was used uh i think first in the early 1900s from a translation of the tibetan book of the dead um and so uh there's the idea that um thought forms uh could be objects that are um like summoned from the auras that surround people uh generated from specific thoughts or emotions um and uh i'm i'm very fascinated by the idea of uh astral projection uh and uh, are you are you familiar with astral projection um it, that's when you um i feel like i remember something along those lines from legion mm, mm -hmm. there was like an astral plane is that related yeah 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 um it's like a different like adjacent reality type thing right yeah so you could think of the the astral plane uh in in some interpretations as the uh collective unconscious uh -huh. um so yeah like astral projection is like whatever you are able to um send your consciousness outside of your body either to another plane or just to a different location um and so this is sort of uh um you might be able to think that like these auras are like astral projections that can be um could embody objects or can just become uh objects separated from the body does this require drug use uh might help okay <laughs> um but yeah i'm i'm very interested in astral projection um mostly because um i'm also fascinated by like out-of-body experiences mm -hmm. um have you ever had an out-of-body experience um not that i can recall now mm, um have you I used to have you I, I used to experience it uh quite frequently actually okay um where, like it was it's never anything exciting where it would just be like um i would have i would i would wake up or like i would experience uh i would experience like wakefulness i guess except i would be watching myself in my bed from a corner of the room like the from yeah. like the ceiling corner of the room i've heard people say similar things to that it's like they're always watching themselves from like a third person perspective right mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which yeah. sounds so surreal yeah it is um and when i was little i used to um have these very um moments of disconnect like uh very um moments of depersonalization where i would um i would be going through my daily life and then i would have to recognize like oh right i am i am actually this person in this body i am not watching this person in this body through a first person view um and because sometimes it would feel like i would be watching the person that i knew as billy like i was watching a tv show mm -hmm. um which was a very strange sensation um so, so I'm very interested in um, out of body experiences. Well, and I've I've had moments. I've had moments like I remember in in during school days, uh, being in the classroom and having these moments where it's like uh, it's not necessarily that I'm watching myself, but it's like I have a realization that I am this person and this mm -hmm. class is something that's happening, and this teacher is another person who's speaking, and it's all quite strange for a little while that any of this is like happening or exists but i don't know if that's like similar to what you're describing that's what it reminded me of mm -hmm. yeah i think it's similar yeah mm -hmm. it's like the the um it's that recognition yeah that sort of snaps you either in or out of whatever you're experiencing at the yeah. moment mm -hmm. um and there's a slight slight bit of panic uh too for just it's brief when, mm -hmm. when something like that happens mm -hmm. um so yeah so i've i've always kind of been interested in these sort of ideas and um for a very long time i didn't know um like how to put words to it mm -hmm. like like when i was a kid like wh whenever i um i didn't know what to call like that feeling or whatever so i'd be like oh i'm i would i would i would say like oh i'm on tv right now or something like that because like that would be how it would feel sure um but yeah as i uh did research and got the vocabulary um but anyway so then i was i was doing uh some some research on on um tulpas and these thought forms and things like that and um then quickly my my boy shows up uh cg he's here and um 
Mr. Young, he's, he he talks about um, uh, a concept called the 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 servitor, and what he is um, talking about here is basically a a psychological complex that is like made manifest um and he says that quote it's an autonomous largely unconscious emotionally charged group of memories ideas and images um and that it has a sort of body a certain amount of its own psych uh, physiology it can upset the stomach it's, it upsets the breathing it disturbs the heart in short it behaves like a partial personality um and the unconscious ego itself is a complex and so then these uh like weirdo guys sort of take that idea and are like okay uh that's some magic shit (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's some magic shit and so now um we can summon um uh like uh spirits and emotions to do our bidding I mean, in a range of tasks. Isn't just, isn't magic sickles. just attributed to stuff that we can explain with like science? Yeah, but these are these are dudes that are like developing rituals in order to uh, like summon emotions into a physical form in order to uh, do a specific task for them. Okay. <laughs> um, Is that similar guy, to like building a robot to like grab you a drink from the fridge? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, except like you need to draw like very, uh, specific markings and then do a little chant in order to get this done. Um, you could just walk over into the kitchen too. Yeah. Yeah. It's not that far. Uh, but then this guy, uh, Peter J. Carroll, who is, uh, an occultist, um, and, uh, co-founded, uh, a, uh, a chaos magic theory called, uh, the Illuminates of Thanateros. (laughs) Um, he uh, draws the parallel between the Tibetan Tulpa, uh, the servitor from Carl Jung, and the, quote, legion of names drawn from demonology of many cultures, elementals, familiars, incubi, succubi, budwills, demons, atavisms, wraiths, spirits, and so on. Um, And so I'm like, ah, fuck, it's Persona. Yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> it sounds familiar. <laughs> it's for soda. All roads it's lead fucking, back. It's SMT. Yeah. It's SMT. Um and so yeah, so not only is the persona and shadow like the the the, the physical embodiment of like the the different sides of a personality. Um you're actually summoning the you're you're making manifest those uh particular emotions um and so it's like yeah this is this this is all this is all making some huge connections to me Mm -hmm. um and uh so so just like the idea so like so then i started thinking about like the concept of of myth right we use myth to explain uh things that can otherwise not be explained like you already said this like that's like what magic was for like things that science can't explain mm-hmm. and and we use myth to do the same thing you know myth would be the origins of uh you know the earth before they could explain things scientifically you know how did how did how does the sun move how, how does rain work right right it's you know? before we learned that the earth was flat yeah and <laughs> what are um it, like the same thing with demons and 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 like all these creatures too it's like uh the succubi is like the same thing to explain like um night terrors and uh um uh sleep paralysis and uh you know like everything else that goes bump in the night that like you couldn't like explain away uh, mm-hmm. like with reason you would you would like create a creature for it um but it's like so that that's like that's your fear that's your you know um, and it's like, okay, well, are you, are you making that real? Are you, are you like, wh- what is the, um, like, th- like through the collective unconscious, are you making that real? Like whenever it becomes myth, you know what I mean? Yeah, sort of. Like you think about how many, um, cultures have similar myths. I mean, are they real or are they just like symbols for something that isn't tangible? Right. Sure. But, um, but my point being is that, um, Cultures that are are uh, like geographically very far away have similar similar stories, similar structures, similar modes of belief that couldn't have been passed to one another. Well, doesn't that just speak to the similarities in the human experience? Or is it synchronicity? 
<laughs> See, my um, no, this is interesting. I don't mean to like um, bring this down or anything, but my my uh, I'm resisting the urge to just be like, it's not that deep, bro. <laughs> No, I mean it's a discussion. Like, no, it know, is. Like, it's it's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um. But no, this is, this is just my bullshit. You know. Um. I didn't mean to derail it. I. I. I, I no. 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 Yeah. No, you're good. Um. And then I. I also started thinking about um the imaginary friend. Uh huh. And like, what the fuck is that? You know. Well, that is to compensate for being an only child. I mean, do only only childs are the only ones that have imaginary friends? No, but you know what I mean. Like, there's a, a yeah. la- there's something lacking, right? And and then the imagination is what sort of uh, compensates for that. But is that so? But that lack is that a uh, an emotion made manifest? I just think it's the fact that humans need like community or like social interaction right like instinctively mm. so wait what's your argument here what is what is what are the imaginary friends what are they coming out of it's that is a, a, a um like an 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 instinctual childlike version of this this tulpa this this uh this servitor this uh this summoning mm-hmm. you know so this is something that's like ingrained from birth essentially like it's just part of your instincts yeah like like yeah like you say that it's a lack and i'm saying that it's a it, it is um a manifesting of um an emotion yeah, but then why doesn't everybody have an imaginary friend when they're a child? Like you said, like there's not, um, maybe there's not a need there. Maybe the, the emotion's not strong enough mm-hmm. for it to be necessary. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember if I ever had one. I don't think I did. I don't think I did either. I had like stuffed animals that I would like play with. Oh, and, sure. Like, yeah. Pretended that they were, you know, real. But I don't think I like talked to something that wasn't there there. Right. Mm. But what about the third host of this uh, podcast? Oh, you mean John? Yeah, like how would you classify? Uh. How would you classify? <laughs> or no, is it is it is it John or is it Dale? <laughs> uh, man, people are gonna think I'm actually really nuts. I um, mean, if they haven't already, that's true. But yeah, it's it. This is now um, another problem where I have to expand my uh, expand my research yet again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just tack on. Tech on another part of the anthology. Basically. And what does that research look like? Are you, I mean, maybe you don't know where you'll end up. Does it look like Reddit threads? Does it look like YouTube videos or like actual like journals or, or what? Uh, the, the problem is, is that like, if you try to look up a lot of these concepts, you get those weirdo blogs that I, I enjoy reading, but a yeah. lot of it is, is just some some whack job just writing shit mm-hmm. the um like young is like all his stuff is published right so like i have to i have to read through his books and things like that um so that's all that is a lot of reading um but yeah otherwise it is trying to find like actual actual writing about this stuff that mm-hmm. is not <laughs> that is not just like um you know the the flower magician dot blogspot you know shit like that sure um but yeah and then it's me trying to synthesize workable information out of the connections that um even some of the weirder sources are drawing together um now that persona um article mm -hmm. (laughs) what's the what's the status the status is that I I genuinely need to clean up the first part uh-huh. and I should just post it. So it um, is going to be like a multi-part thing. At this point, it has to be. It has to be, yeah. It has to be. Because every time I do this bullshit, it gets longer. Right. Um, because I think it is now at four parts. Mm-hmm. Last time I did an edit to like reduce its size, <laughs> it was at four parts. So. Okay. Yeah. Make sure you send a copy to Vito. Yeah, Vito's got to see it. Vito's got to, uh, you know, I, 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 he might not be able to read is the thing. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> That's not nice. Well, you should see the way he types. So. Well, not everybody, you know, not everybody. Um, I'm not sure where I was going with that. <laughs> not everybody. <laughs> not everybody. <sighs> not everybody on Twitter can read, I guess. That's, it's, it's too true. <laughs> It's too true. All right. Uh, I guess that's going to do it for Mountains of Madness uh, this time around. Um, I feel like I might have to change the name of that segment because I realized that we have two segments that are like they got mad in the I mean, we could also rework my segment's name because I'm not sure I like it that much. Okay, that's you know what we can. I forget what it even is like referring to. I know you had like a video intro one time that I stopped using because you stopped using yeah put it on the soundboard what was that um, from it was from alice in wonderland it was whenever they're fucking around with the the clock oh okay because the tiktok i 
Oh, okay. I, I'm I, I, only I get my references, so it's fine. Well, I get it now. <laughs> you just have to explain them, which is the point uh, when you make a reference, right? You always have to follow sure. up with an explanation. Sure. <laughs> I don't have one this week, by the way, so I'm sparing everybody. Um, <laughs> although I'm sure the the guy that does everything has, has eaten some more exotic fruits in the past week, but I didn't pull them up. Probably, and he's still doing that one singular vape trick. Yeah, I mean, it's a good yeah. trick. Eh, I don't know. It, it, it fits the TikTok platform well, because it's like five seconds long, and, and you get it, you're in, you're out, you know? But it's the same fucking thing. Well, there's he's, slight, he's slight variations. Like, like okay, sometimes, this time, sometimes this time they'll walk LEDs alongside it. Yeah, yeah, it'll sort of like drift further, you know. Sure. The the vape circle. Sure. Um, maybe it's a ritual, and we just don't know it. Yeah, he's trying maybe to he's, summon. Yeah. A tulpa. Yeah. Um, let's do some more of my bullshit. Cool. There was some actual Limp Biscuit news this week. Was there? I, I didn't see this. Yeah, what, Fred what Durst happened? was doing some cosplay. Oh? Yeah, you know, I actually forgot to pull this up. I just was reminded of it when you played the intro. Let me see if I can find it. That's the power of suggestion. It's like a Pavlovian response. There, yeah, there we go. Um, Yeah, I forget even what it was. <laughs> um, I googled Fred Durst news and there isn't a ton. <laughs> Fred I saw Durst. it on I saw it on Instagram like last week. Cosplay? Or is this just gonna get me a Fred Durst outfit? Probably. It doesn't help the search engine that he he also had that um that new style that we covered a few months ago. Mm-hmm. It's all right. We don't have to cover every bit of Fred Durst news because I know there's a lot. There's a constant stream. Yeah, I'm I'm not seeing anything either. Uh, send in your Fred Durst news video at deadandrow.co. Um, just a quick little Moogle here. Um. So, uh, last time, uh, we did the JRPG wheel spin to see what I'd be playing next. Yeah. And, uh, the winner was, uh, Mary Skelter. And I discussed, uh, some of the issues with that game. Um, I've, <laughs> I've already given up and rage quit, uh, Mary Skelter. Um, yeah. Uh, were you just, too, I, you were too excited to play Mary, Mary Skelter 2? Is that what it was? No. Oh, no, okay. I'm actually not. <laughs> couldn't wait uh I, I got stuck on this annoying ass puzzle that was driving me insane i mean that's um, how every single video game i've ever played has ended so but it's it's really dumb i hate these kind of puzzles it's like a portal puzzle uh-huh. where you have to keep going into these puzzles and it's like a trial and error thing where i have to keep trying these uh sets of three portals but every time I get it wrong, I have to go back to the very first room. And so I have to keep like I have to memorize the order of these three puzzles. And there's like six rooms that I have to get through. Mm-hmm. But every time I fuck up one of them, I have to go back to the very first room. Wow, that sucks. And I did it once. And in my stupidity, I did not save immediately as soon as I did it. I just kept trucking along. And so then I had to redo it. And I was I, I, I was doing it for like an hour. Just try to guess these portals. And you're like, oh, well, at that point, why don't you look it up? Um. I'd love to. I'd love to. The problem with Mary Skelter is that um, I'm playing on the Switch, and uh, the Switch version is the like remake version. And so uh, the game basically has two versions. It has the original Vita and PC version, and it has the remake Switch version. So whenever you're looking up walkthroughs, you have to try to look up the Switch version. And this is not a very popular game in the first place. Mm-hmm. And so this version is not even the version that was originally released. Um, and the only walkthrough I can find is uh, a dude that is giving uh, very specific coordinates for where to go. Because the map, whenever you pull up the, the full map, it gives you coordinates of like where you're standing. And so like if you need a specific item, it'll be like, oh, go to X and Y on the on the grid. Um and I can't fucking follow it for these portals. It's like insane. I have to pull up the map every step I take. And that's worse than me doing trial and error just to get through this fucking thing. And I was having an absolutely miserable time. Um, and this was like after I played like another five hours of this game. And I'm like, this, I'm not even I'm not even enjoying this shit. Um, and then I'm stuck on these stupid portals. Um, and it's a bummer because I, I think that the, the class system in the game is pretty interesting. The classes are, are pretty uh, different and varied, and there's a lot you can do with them. Um, the story is at eh, whatever. The writing is not very good whatsoever. Um, and it's it's uh, unnecessarily horny, as I mentioned before. Yeah. 
Um, and so I'm just like, this, this is not worth it. So I, I dropped it and I picked up Final Fantasy IX. So see, that all sounds very reasonable. There's no, you shouldn't really be playing a game that you're not enjoying and you're frustrated with. However, you've really compromised the integrity of the wheel spin. I, I know, I know. Like, how are we supposed to be invested in this and believe that you're actually going to play the game that it lands on? If if there even is a wheel in the first place, because all we hear you is this You saw little, the wheel. I, I screen shared last time and you saw the wheel. So don't give I me didn't that see shit. it spin. It was a still shot. So was Final Fantasy IX on the wheel? It was, yes. Did you spin again for it? No. Well, why not? You can't just like play a game that's on the wheel without <laughs> landing on it. Like, what is this? You're making a mockery okay, well, of, of your right. own creation here. Because, all right, here's here's why. Because that's the uh, only other Switch RPG I have that was on the wheel. What does that matter? Because uh, uh, because Mary Skelter was on the Switch, so I'm substituting. Oh, I didn't know there was a rule where it's like you can substitute out because it's on the same platform. You didn't. You never discussed that. This is an outrage. Well, we didn't honestly. record. We didn't record until now. So so so. <laughs> oh mighty oh mighty wheelmaster, am I allowed to keep playing Final Fantasy Nine or do I have to spin again? I mean, if it were up to me, I would say no. You have to spin again. Okay. All I don't right, know how far see. I don't know how far you've gotten into Final Fantasy Nine. Just a few hours. Okay. No, I really don't I care. To, I'm just I'm just joking. I have to see if it even saves the wheel. Because otherwise, I don't give a shit. I'll, I'll spin it. Are you saying you 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 might have lost the wheel? It's a link from the. Otherwise, I'd have to type in all the the um entries again. All right, so now Mary Skelter is out. <laughs> do you okay. replace it or do you just leave that part blank? I don't. I this might be everything. I don't know if I have anything else to replace it with. But it it like it readjusts the size of the wheel, so everything still has the same oh, chance I of see. winning. I see. Would you like to? Would you like to see the spin? Do it. Do I have to do this? Yeah. If you can screen share it, just for yeah, just so yeah, you know, yeah. you have a witness. Yeah. The transparency of it all. Mm-hmm. Okay. We don't want to spread right, misinformation so, here. Yeah. Okay. So again, the options are bravely default, Final Fantasy Nine, Final Fantasy Thirteen Two, The World Ends with You, Trails of Cold Steel. Tales of Brazeria and the Caligula effect. It'd be so funny All if right. it lands on Final Fantasy IX. I know. <laughs> no. That's actually hilarious. That's actually hilarious. It just it just landed on Final Fantasy IX. That's very good. That's hilarious. Okay, so I'll keep playing. Okay. No, you have to start over at the beginning. Oh, no, please don't. Please don't make me. It's so slow. It's so slow at the beginning. Please don't make me. Oh, okay. Uh, it's very slow at the beginning. Yeah. It's... <laughs> Uh, God. Well, that, yeah, that's that was, all I got yeah, that was stupid. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> See, the collective unconscious agrees. It says, hey, you know, this is this is how fate should go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if that's not proof, I don't know what is. <laughs> uh, all right. We got a movie. We have a movie. I think we need to. I mean, need to take a quick break here. Um, sure. Be right back. Yeah. And we'll get into a pretty, pretty stacked movie segment. Okay, so do we want to start with our movie of the week, or do we want to cover the other stuff first? I want to start with... That's beautiful cinema. There we go. Uh, <laughs> uh, we can do some news first. Okay. Um, so we learned this week that Del Hynel, the actor, uh, star of Portrait of a Lady on Fire, um, as well as a number of other films, is or has left the film industry. Hmm. Um, let me pull up the story here. Portrait is one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, so this sucked to hear, but her reasoning makes complete sense. Um, so there was a an interview that she had with a German magazine called FAQ this past week. And um, and I'm reading from an IndieWire story that, that quotes that interview. So she says, I don't make films anymore uh, because of political reasons, because the film industry is absolutely reactionary, racist, and patriarchal. We are mistaken if we say that the powerful are of goodwill, that the world is indeed moving in the right direction under their good and sometimes unskillful management. Not at all. The only thing that moves society structurally is social struggle. And it seems to me that in my case, to leave is to fight. Uh, By leaving this industry for good, I want to take part in another world, in another cinema. 
Um, and then she goes into like more specifics. So like her next movie that she was supposed to be making was called uh, The Empire. Um, it's from director Bruno Dumont. And she left that project because she was not happy with the writing and the subject matter. Um, so mm. another another quote from her about this like experience of, of making this movie. So she said, at first, I thought it looked like a lot of fun. Um, it was a kind of Luke Skywalker in space uh, type of project. She says, the problem is that behind this funny facade, it was a dark, sexist and racist world that was defended. Um, the script was full of jokes about cancel culture and sexual violence. She says that she tried to discuss this with uh, Dumont, the director, because she thought that a dialogue would be possible, you know, between them as their collaborators. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she says that she wanted to believe that, you know, this was not intentional, even though she's like seen this type of thing over and over again. Um, but it is intentional. Um right. He goes on to say, if I, if I stayed today in this film industry, I would be kind of feminist guarantee to this masculine and patriarchal industry. Um, she says, my dream is to make it clear this industry defends a capitalist, patriarchal, racist, sexist world of structural, structural excuse me, inequality. This means that this industry works in ha- hand in hand with the global economic order in which all lives are not equal. So, like, by staying and working in this industry, she's just perpetuating all of these things that just continue to remain dominant and and kind of rule the industry, right? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's a huge loss for film, um, but it's film's fault, (laughs) you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Like, it sucks, but it's completely justified. Yeah. She does say she's going to continue to work in theater, and is still open to someday making indie films with collaborators that she knows and trusts, uh, you know, their intentions. Mm-hmm. Um, but as of right now, there's, she feels like she can't participate. Yeah. Wow. Um, it sucks because it sounds like the kind of voice that, uh, is needed. Mm. Um, but you know, it, it, it shouldn't be, you know, placed on her in order to, uh, evoke change. Right. right? Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, that's a bummer, but uh, it's a pretty powerful statement. Yeah, she's always been outspoken and like an advocate. Because um, I remember a couple of years ago at one of the award shows that was somewhere in Europe. I don't know if it was like the BAFTAs or, or what it was, but she walked out um, because Roman Polanski uh, was awarded for something. Which like in the year 2020 to give Roman Polanski mm-hmm. an award is just wild. Right. Um, but then again, not too long before that, Woody Allen won an Oscar uh, less than a decade ago. So, you know, the, yeah, um, it, it is a, a powerful statement, I think. Um, I said Portrait is a masterpiece of a film. Her performance is just incredible in that. Um, and she definitely will missed. Um, yeah, I thought this was worth mentioning. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, on a somewhat lighter note, kind of not really. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh so it this week is is the can festival it's the mm-hmm. week it's the week of the year where i get to hear about movies that i won't see for another nine to twelve months right um which is fun um and so this is like the 75th anniversary i believe of the festival i saw this letterbox list i think they pulled it from a variety story where they compiled um List of 22 films, and this is not like comprehensive, but it's just like highlighting some of the more popular ones. Movies that have been, have earned booze and walkouts at the festival. We talked about this uh, sort of uh, tradition that they have over at at Cannes, right? On the podcast Mm -hmm. before, where they will either give a standing ovation or they will boo a film. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so I saw this list. There's some really interesting ones on here. Um, not surprising to see uh, Lars von Trier represented, <laughs> sure. um, both with uh, House that Jack built and with uh, Antichrist. Um, also, in the same similar vein, uh, Gaspar No, we know from <laughs> who we know from. Um, which one did we watch? I forget. 
Uh, it's the one with the dance uh, true. Uh, yeah, I don't remember the title. I'm bad at names. Yeah, on this list is uh, Enter the Void and um, Irreversible from him. Uh, the Neon Demon is another one on this list, which is a movie that I really like. Um, I, I feel like it just doesn't get the the love it deserves. Yeah, that's pr- that's probably his best. It is. Um, and I, I am much more forgiving of uh, Refn's work than other people are. Yes. Um, although Only God Forgives is not <laughs> it's not a good one. That's another movie uh, that's on this list. <laughs> and it's one that I actually yeah. couldn't get through myself. Um, yeah, no. Try it, uh, but... <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I, I think The Neon Demon is actually quite good. Yeah, it's one of the... I think I've said this before. It's like one of those movies that perfectly... Um, just like perfectly fits his style. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it like is the best yep. of what he does. And it's a very specific thing that he does. And usually mm-hmm. it doesn't work for me, but in this case, it, it really did. Um, another movie on here that I could not get through was The Tree of Life from Terrence, uh, Terrence Malick. Mm. Who I, I have a really, it, it depends on the film with him. Like he's made some just truly astounding movies. And then there's some that's like, just feels so pretentious and bloated and just ridiculous um and the tree of life mm. falls in the for me falls in the latter category um Marie Antoinette is surprising yeah um huh. yeah like there's some of these that are beloved movies that don't age well when it comes to like the can reaction like taxi driver is on this list yeah that's um, that's a weird one. It is a weird one. Um, but then there's other movies on here that do uh, are, are appropriate, like Crash. <laughs> sure. <laughs> like they were on top of that, uh, even though it did end did up winning. The, did, did you see the thing with Crash this week? Oh, no. So uh, Vigo Mortensen huh? uh, said that Crash is a better version of Titan. Okay. This, he must be on his Cronenberg uh, <laughs> um a press tour, I guess. He is. Yeah, he is. Um, meanwhile, Cronenberg uh, says that he likes Titanium. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that quote. So, <laughs> so, and it's like, it's like, oh, okay, you only watched the first half hour of Titan. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> got it. Yeah, completely. Uh, <laughs> he must have walked out. Um, Right. Uh, Personal Shopper is a weird one because that is like such an inoffensive movie to me. It's probably my favorite movie on this list. It's one of my personal favorite movies just in general. Um, I love that movie so much. I don't quite understand what someone would have be offended by it. I can't fathom like what would. Yeah, it's just an insanely cool and unique and like, uh, well, it's in the title, but personal um, ghost story. It doesn't really yeah, have it. It's I, not an antichrist where it's like provocative or anything like that. Right. Um, so, yeah, I saw that. I was I was very confused by that. Um, That's probably the most confusing one on here to me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Fire Walk With Me. Yeah. I feel like that was almost universally sort of dismissed when it came out, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. A Killing of a Sacred Deer, um, another one I don't really get because that's a really good movie and it's also you should know what you're getting into with your ghost anthems even if you don't though like that could be your first movie of his you see it could actually it was my like that is it that, was my first um, yeah yeah that is like way more approachable than the lobster it is and 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 infinitely more approachable than uh dog tooth <laughs> if you've seen dog tooth his so, his early he, stuff is is absolutely wild so yeah yeah i don't like this uh Ritual that they have over a can. It's like I don't know. This is like somebody's art, and it's being shown for the first time. I, I just feel like it's a little. It's very dramatic. It is, which I get. Like that's. I, I guess that's part of the culture. But I don't know. Yeah, Crash was a good call. I would have walked out on Crash. <laughs> so there's that. <laughs> um. Yeah. So no. The only thing, other thing, I was going to mention. Uh, it's not film. But it's a TV show. Conversations with Friends came out this past week. Mm-hmm. You are you interested in all in, in checking this one out? Because I don't think you you didn't watch Normal People, right? No, not yet. Hmm. Uh, I'll get I'll get to them eventually, I guess. Hmm. But uh. Yeah, I was yeah. concerned. I'd seen some um some critical reception that was not positive about this mm. show. Um. Just before it aired, 
Um, so I've seen the first, I've seen the first three. I'm trying to like space it out. I watch like an episode every other day or so. Um, but I'm, I'm really enjoying it so far. Mm. Um, I do think maybe my separation from the novel is helping. Cause I, I read it like, I don't even know, like four or five years ago at this point, I don't remember all sure. that much from it. And I do, I have seen people complain that like some critical um, things from the book have sort of been either tossed to the side or, or just like not incorporated. Mm. Um, but like for what this show is on its own, like I'm, I'm liking it quite a bit. Like if you enjoy, if you watched and enjoyed normal people, I think you'll be engaged with this too. I mean, it's made by the same people. It has very much a similar tone to it. Right. Um, it's a bit messier, definitely, because it involves it involves. Um, it's not a love triangle. It's it's. What do you call it if it's four people? A uh, love quadrangle. There you go. Um, but it's also not quite that either. It's it's basically these two um, college students. These these two. Um, they were in a relationship with each other, but at the point where we the show opens, they're just they're friends. They're like really good mm-hmm. friends with each other, and they meet. This married couple, um, this older married couple, and so one of the friends gets involved with the wife, and the other gets involved with the husband. Um, but like in the early episodes, the focus is mainly on Francis, who's one of the the younger the college students. And like I feel like this character is so um, you know it's like it's it's very easy to identify with. Like just like there's it's a show of like very like small moments so far. Like you'll have like you know, the character sort of um, going through her daily life and constantly like checking her phone and like sort of being consumed by this, um, this new relationship and how it's like affecting her other relationships and just like her being present in like the world and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, it's interesting. Cause like with this and normal people, like this, the Sally Rooney books, um, very like uh introspective right yeah the books are very much about what these characters are feeling and how they feel about each other and themselves and sort of like the main focus and that's kind of a difficult thing or it can be a difficult thing to have to adapt for television right because like tv is a very outwards visual medium um but i feel like these two series are handling it really well like there's lot that they leave to the performances to sort of like fill in the blanks mm. like with what a character's thinking and feeling and i feel like the like the casting has been really good in that way like the actors are all like really excelling at that type of thing mm-hmm. um paul mescal in, in normal people is just unreal um i really like the the cast in this one too so far the i'm i'm have a little bit of Reservation about uh, Joe Alwyn, who plays the the husband. He's um, he's an actor, but he's he's also I think known even more as the fiance of Taylor Swift. Sure. Um, I'm a little bit unsure about him so far, although I'm not sure how much of it is his performance or if it's the character. It just feels like there isn't much there to him, but that also might be intentional because mm. there's a moment in one of the early episodes where they're having a conversation. And Francis says to him, she's like, oh, you're so handsome, right? And he's like, oh, I thought you liked me for my personality. And then she comes back at like, oh, I didn't I didn't think you had one or something along those lines. So it's like, I mm, think part mm-hmm. of it is also the writing of the character. But um, yeah, we'll see how it goes. I'm, I'm definitely um, definitely into it so far. We got, we got in, what's that? How long is it? It's 12 episodes, 12 half hour episodes. Same as the uh, the first series. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, we also get a really great Dude Bridger song out of it too. So, sure, even if yeah. you don't love the series, we got that. But uh, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna continue watching that. Um, might have more thoughts about it as it goes along because so far the first three, like there hasn't been a ton going on. Mm-hmm. It's mainly just like the beginning of the new affairs and sort of how sure it will progress is what I'm saying. Progress quite quickly um because i think all the characters mm-hmm. are going to be meeting up at a vacation house which also happened in normal people so there's a lot of like similar mm. beats you know to the two stories but nice yeah we do have a movie for this week mm-hmm. yes we watched um the latest from pedro Almodovar, 
um, called Parallel Mothers, which I'm very excited to hear your thoughts on. Um, was this the first, your first El Motivar film? Uh, I think so. Yeah, I think so. I feel like he is the most um, iconic Spanish filmmaker, at least my knowledge. Like, he's just, he's like legendary. Mm. Um, seen a handful of his, not nearly like all of them, because he has such a, a long career. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this is interesting. Like his his movie right before this that came out a couple years ago, uh, Pain and Glory, with um, I believe Antonio Banderas. Mm-hmm. It's like this really fascinating, somewhat autobiographical film where um, Banderas is. Let me make sure it was it was him, and I'm not like misremembering or mixing it up. Yeah, it was Banderas, and Penelope Cruz is in that too. Um, but yeah, so he plays like almost like a fictional version of Almodovar, and it's sort of like this very self-reflective look at um, film director and uh, you know an aging film director and sort of the the choices from life and his career and and where that those things have led. Right, so it was like this very mm-hmm. um, personal, like I want to say nostalgic, um, but like melancholy type of of film. Now I feel like right. I, I, it almost feels like a, it's obviously not a swan song because we're talking about this movie that he's made after it, but it feels almost like a, a an ending point, you know, for like a filmography. Mm-hmm. Um, then he makes parallel mothers. And I feel like he's almost doubling down on this type of like um, reflecting on like Emily and, and life and, and loss and choices and all those things. It's like this mm-hmm. movie, Parallel Mothers, it's it's about these two women and it's and it's very personal in that regard. But it also has this larger commentary about the country as a whole and like the history and the pain and the loss of the country. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just thought that was really interesting coming from Pain and Glory and, and what he did with this one, because um, <laughs> this new one is it, 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 it very uh at least for me, very powerful, especially the ending, which I guess we'll get to. But um, yeah. So, what did you think of this? Um, I could I could tell like by the end, I was like, oh yeah, you're you're gonna love this. You're gonna love this shit. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, I thought it was pretty good. I I don't necessarily know if those two modes completely connected for me. Like I see, I see the connection. Hmm. I see the thread, but I don't know how strong it is for me. Okay. Like you have this, you have the story of these two mothers and their relationship with their children and their own mothers, and right, you have uh, their family legacies, and uh, you have like this discussion of that, and then you have um, on, on the other hand this this plot about um, you have a plot literally about a plot. Uh, yeah. <laughs> of land, uh, 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 trying to um, trace back the, the the bodies of the uh, uh, this unmarked grave and like this family legacy, and um, just trying to like claim the 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 people that are yours. And it's like, I I I don't know if at the end like it actually bridged that connection. Like it's just it was just sort of like. Okay, it's been over two hours already. We just kind of need to like combine the two for me is how it felt. Well, I mean, um, I can see that, but at the same time, like the movie starts out with um, Penelope Cruz's character Janice, like she is approaching someone to potentially take on the project of excavating the the land, right? And, like I feel like that's something that's on her mind throughout the entire movie. I'm 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 not even I'm talk I'm not even talking narratively. I'm talking about like thematically. Uh-huh. Like like the 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 twists and turns of the plot between the two mothers and like the story with their children and what what that means to have your own child and your own legacy and to maybe lose that or give that up or continue it or whatever. And then the, the 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 themes of the the unmarked grave, I don't think were completely connected hmm. at the end. Narratively, yeah, like we start with the thread of she was looking to get that issue resolved, and by the end, it was yes that 
there was an arc. Yes, it was yeah, well, beginning and an end. Sure, but, but I feel uh, like if it's something that is affecting the main character and it's clearly on her mind throughout the entire film and it's sort of influencing her decision-making when it comes to, like, her own life, that it's, you know, it's also making the connection between the two things. You have something personal and something larger that affects the town, the country, and is making a very conscious statement about those things. Like, is that not enough? I, I in the middle, it was, it was gone for so long, mm-hmm. that, uh, mm-hmm. you know, sure. like whenever we're dealing with the paternity of babies and, you know, all that, all that business, like it was, it was, it was away for quite a while. She's swapping cell phones. She's, you know, there was, there was so much that happened in that middle. Mm. Like, uh, yeah, it's interesting. Cause like a lot of the middle part of the film could, it, it ventures into like melodrama territory. It was getting soapy. Yeah. yeah it was getting soapy and, um, in a good way though, at least I think. Um, it was executed better than a soap. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was it was it was getting there. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it does contrast with the way the film ends, which is this sort of um, uh, this like profound like statement, literally a statement, because the movie, the the final shot fades and there's a quote about like history and you, that you can't erase history and stuff like that. Um, so there is sort of like a contrast between this, this sort of melodrama and something that's very like, um, just like very serious and and sad at the end, right? Yeah, like I I was I was waiting for the lawyers to come out, you know, like I was waiting for that to happen, and then it was just like, no, we're 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 good, we're good on that front. Mm-hmm. Like we're all we're we're okay with that, and I was like, really. Really? So you were expecting lawyers in regards to the, uh, what, custody? Yeah. And it was just like, no, you can take that baby. I was like, what? But that's in line with, because it was like half of the movie is her like trying to, just struggling to, to make that decision, right? She's already made the decision by the time she tells um, character uh, Anna about it, right? Because she's been living with her for months before she reveals the uh, maternity test because she's like struggling and she, but by the time she does actually there is that that um confrontation like she's in her head already accepted that she's going to return this child to her biological mother i guess yeah see she even says like the hardest part was telling you so everything after this is just going to be easier. I just have to get used to the idea of it. I guess. Which I found to be like, quite moving. Like, it's it's really just like a a situation that, like, I can't even imagine, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I appreciated the way the film went about it because you never, there's never a sit-down discussion with Penelope Cruz's character, like, with her friend or anything about this. She doesn't tell anybody about I am, it. <laughs> at that point, they were more than friends. No, I mean like, um, I mean like yeah, her no. other friends, like oh, co-workers. Okay. She has like her best friend. I forget yeah. her name, but um, there's a variety of people she could have spoken to about it. Um, been the father of her own child, right? She was in communication with him. Like, there's so many people she could have talked about, but instead, she it was all like internalized. Um, yeah. so she's just like going about her life and trying to figure out what she's going to do. Which is another thing, like I wanted to point out about this movie that I really appreciated was the fact that all these characters have lives outside of the plot mm-hmm. is a, such a simple thing to say, but it's not something you see all the time where you feel like the world you're seeing is lived in and is time is moving. And these characters are people that are going about their lives, but that was all felt to, at least to me in this, in this film, like every single person, whether it's the main characters or people on the periphery all had some other thing in their lives that they were doing right and some of it related directly to the plot and some of it didn't but or some just related like thematically well it was also to move time forward because otherwise this would have been five hours long sure yeah yeah like they had they had to skip months at a time Mm -hmm. so i just felt like from a writing standpoint um i really appreciated the fact that no character was like a a throwaway you know it was like dismissed like even even someone like um the au pair that is uh taking care of um 
Annis's child while she's working. Like even there's even conflict and character stuff going on there too, you know, mm-hmm. um, which I really liked. And then top of that, you have these sets, the 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 furn the furnished houses that people live in and the outfits and the makeup and everything like Almodovar like the first thing I think about with him is color um mm-hmm. like from a visual standpoint it's just the the use of color in his films like the way that these houses and apartments were furnished and the way that they just sort of like curate like all the colors that they use in this film was just like I, I could stare at scenes for a long time it's kind of like taking although, it all in. Like it, it all just is so visually interesting. Although by the end, they either needed to do pickups or were running out of budget because there was some really noticeable green screen shots. Really? Yeah. The the most noticeable one was whenever um, uh, Anna and her mother go out to the cafe to have the talk. Yeah. And then there's the close-ups on them after they order. Yeah. Okay. That was very, very, very obviously green screen. I guess it's it's somewhat diminished by the fact that these are close up shots, so you're really focusing in on the actors. But I do, I do um, recall that that moment. Yeah. And then there was another one. There was one that was less noticeable later on, where I guess it, it had to have been a pickup because like it was in the apartment again. Um, but like they didn't like it was a green screen of the apartment instead of the apartment. Um, but it was not as bad as the uh, external green screen uh mostly because the lighting like you can't replicate the outdoor lighting mm-hmm. uh the same way yeah so there there are like moments like that but like on the whole though just couldn't get over how good the color coordination was for a lot of the stuff in this film it's like it's all very deliberate but it also doesn't feel like doesn't stand out i mean apart from me because i'm kind of looking for it but like it doesn't stand mm-hmm. out it doesn't interfere with the world right yeah um yeah, so I really like that. Um, also, the uh, the father of the child, yes. I have to say, is uh, he was Spanish Mark Marin. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, like to a T. Uh-huh. Right? Like, it's just like, are you talking thing? in looks or in mannerisms or? Looks. Okay, I mean, I, I guess. Sort of, come on. Not really. Come on. Not, honestly, not really. Oh, come on. I never... Even has the glasses. And again, I've seen him in a number of other things. Oh, yeah. Wow. Even had the glasses. Uh, the glasses are a pretty common thing for people to, to wear. Okay, but the haircut... Just just long hair. It's just older dude having long hair. I don't... The beard. Like, I don't really... I don't know. Spanish Mark Marin. Okay. Fair enough. I, it was interesting, though, because, like, he was sort of set up to be, you know, like... Uh, the asshole, hmm. right? Because he wanted a paternity test. Cause he's like, ah, that ain't mine, right? Right? And then he's like, he's like vindicated because <laughs> he could spot a mile away that, that kid wasn't his. <laughs> yeah, and so could she, but she's in denial for, for. Yeah, but I mean, she was still like taking care of it and loving that kid. Oh yeah, know? he was just like, nah, I want nothing to do with that kid. Yeah, that ain't mine. Put my mind at ease by getting this this test. Yeah, although he was cheating on his wife, so he's not like a great guy. But uh, I, I honestly like. I mean, I've no, I haven't been in that situation. Obviously, I, I, it was hard for me to comprehend the um, lack of interest or involvement in having this child. I mean, I know it happens all the time. I just personally can't quite wrap my head around it. He's just able to like go on about his life and not give a shit. Yeah, because she was like, hey, you don't have to be involved. I'll do everything. Mm-hmm. It was a sweet deal for him. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. he's like, all right, cool. Peace. And then especially when he's like, all right, that's definitely not mine. You no, know, he was like this before he's actually realized that. Right. Yeah. But then whenever it definitely wasn't his, he's like, OK, cool. I'm super out. I'm super <laughs> out of here. Yeah. See ya. Yeah. yeah no, it, it made sense for him not to be like this, this villain. Um, because ultimately that is such a common occurrence, right? Mm -hmm. It's such a common thing to prioritize like your own life, especially for the father to prioritize their own life. Just kind of like golf. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but yeah, I really like this. Yeah, it's pretty good. It was also shot 
like we we talked about how it, it was verging on like soapy, um, but in a good way. I don't mean that mm-hmm. as like like diminish anything. It was also shot in in kind of that style, mm-hmm. right? Like it felt. I don't quite know how to describe it, but it felt. Um, whatever the opposite of like film grainy is this felt more like it was it was it was close to that nbc quality yeah that talk about coming from a from a an auteur like it's it's beautifully yeah. directed but it also had this look to it that fit really well with the style of storytelling i guess mm-hmm. um, which was which yeah. was cool yeah it was like so much of it like because this wasn't uh, like a sitcom or whatever, but like so much of it was taking place in, in an apartment, mm-hmm. almost like a sitcom would. And it's got that similar kind of filmed quality, obviously shot so much better than a multicam sitcom sure. is, but it's got that similar um, like uh, coloring to it um, in style. Yeah, definitely. Was there was there anything else you want to, uh, to about this? Um, I don't think so. No, I thought it was pretty good. Hey. Um, so that's an improvement over last week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'd say so. <laughs> um, did we want to keep this going? Uh, do another sure. film next week? Did you, by any yeah. chance, have anything? No, I got nothing. Okay, so I was thinking we could check out a new release. Um, the latest film from, who I think is a fairly underrated filmmaker, uh, Riley Stearns. Mm. Um, his new movie is called Duel. That's uh, D-U-A-L. Um, he's, he directed uh, The Art of Self-Defense with uh, Jesse Eisenberg a few years ago uh, and, oh, okay. and Imogen Poots, that karate movie, which is wild and, and really good. Um, as well as another one called Faults, which is which is quite good, too. Um, and this new one, it, it stars um, Karen Gillan and uh, Aaron Paul. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Just came out on VOD and I also believe AMC+. Plus. Mm. Yeah, I thought we could uh, okay. check that out for, for next week. Yeah, we will check that out next week then. Yeah. Do we do a show? I think so. I, I guess this qualifies. Never sure by the end of it if it actually was a show or not. But I have to ask. I always have to ask. Yeah. Don't ask me. <laughs> <laughs> go ask, go yeah, ask Dale. Do it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much for listening. I really do appreciate it. Uh, I don't really have any notes this time, so we'll let you get out of here. Um I say like I'm holding a meeting. I don't know what the fuck's wrong with me. Uh, yeah, have a good weekend. I'll let you get out of here. Uh, I mean, I, I feel like if anybody's listening at this point, they're basically being held captive. <laughs> not sure by what exactly, but... Uh, as always, you can follow me on Twitter at the internet road where you can see me argue with weird New York, Florida guidos. Uh, check out the Facebook, facebook.com slash TV, uh, twitch.tv slash TV, where uh, we'll be doing live streaming soon. Um, I, I am working on the graphics packages. I finished most of the graphics. I'm now working on the uh, transitions for these segments. So uh, just giving an update on the status of that. Uh, do YouTube search for Denver TV where we post episodes and I have to get working on the clips and shit like that. And you can email anything like Dale did at video at denver.co. Yeah, lead by Dale's video. example. Lead by Dale's example. Uh, turn the other cheek. <laughs> What's the golden whatever? Uh, if you have time, please give us a rating. If the podcast after choice allows you to do so, like Apple Podcasts. And I did check. Um, as, if, if I, I don't think I could. Like, if I found the area where people could leave feedback, like the the ratings or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, there aren't any. Unless I couldn't find them. We'll just say you couldn't uh, find them. <laughs> I couldn't find them. <laughs> They're missing. Uh, that's going to do it for us. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you next week.